Brothers and sisters, to increase your iman. Read the miracle, recite the Quran. Recite it every day and do read it loud. The verses of Quran are all Muslims' pride. This miracle was revealed over a long time span. Sent from Allah to an angel, then to a man. That man was Muhammad, the best of creation. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahi rahman rahim All praise is due to Allah alone. We all praise Him and we seek His help. Whomsoever Allah guides is a truly guided one, and whomsoever Allah leaves us say, none can show him guidance. May the best peace and blessings be upon Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. My dear viewers everywhere, welcome to another live edition of Correct Your Recitation. In this program, as usual, we listen to a beautiful recitation by our uh, guest reciter. Then we elaborate on the meaning of this ayat, and in the next segment, we open the phone line for those who like to join us live to recite the ayat. Today, inshallah, we will begin a new surah. It is the last chapter of the 25th part of the Quran. That is Surah Al-Jathiyah, chapter number 45. And it consists of 37 verses. And it is a purely Makki surah. There is a general consensus in this regard. Without discussing much about Surah Al-Jathiyah, the new chapter that we're about to study today, I'd like to welcome our studio guest. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And thank you so much for joining us. And as usual, I'm going to request our guest, Sheikh Abdul Khaliq, to recite from the beginning of Surah Al-Jathiyah through ayah number 13. So the first page of Surah Al-Jathiyah. Sheikh Abdul Khaliq, please. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajeem. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم حاميم تنزيل الكتاب من الله العزيز الحكيم إن في السماوات والأرض لآيات للمؤمنين وفي خلقكم وما يبث من اختلاف الليل والنهار وما أنزل الله من السماء من رزق وما أنزل الله من السماء من رزق فأحيا به الأرض بعد موتها فأحيا به الأرض بعد موتها وتصريف الرياح آيات لقوم يعقلون تلك آيات الله نتلوها عليك بالحق فبأي حديث بعد الله وآياته ويل لكل أفاك أثيم يسمع آيات الله تتلى عليه ثم يصب مستكبرا كأن لم يسمعها فبشره بعذاب أليم 
وإذا علم من آياتنا شيئا اتخذها هزوا أولئك لهم عذاب مهين من ورائهم جهنم ولا يغني عنهم ما كسبوا شيئا ولا يغني عنهم ما كسبوا شيئا ولا ما اتخذوا من دون الله أولياء أولئك لهم عذاب عظيم هذا هدى والذين كفروا بآيات ربهم لهم عذاب من رجز أليم الله الذي سخر لكم البحر لتجري الفلك فيه بأمره إن في ذلك لآيات لقوم يتفكرون وسخر لكم ما في السماوات وما في الأرض جميعا إن في ذلك لآيات لقوم يتفكرون. حسبك بارك الله فيك. Just wanted to bring to the attention of the viewers in ayah number ten. ولهم عذاب عظيم. May Allah protect us against that. Okay. Thank you, Shaykh Abdul Khaliq. بارك الله فيك. سورة الجاثية chapter number forty five. And it is the last chapter in uh, part number uh, 25th of the glorious Quran. And it is the sixth chapter in order out of seven surahs which are known as Al-Hawameen. The previous surah, Dukhan as well, was Hamim. It belongs to Al-Hawameen because the beginning of all those seven surahs whether Surah Ghafir, chapter number 40, Fussila, 41, Al-Shu'ara, 42, Al-Zukhruf, 43, Al-Dukhan, 44, which we finished last week, and Al-Jathiyah, which we're about to begin, 45 this week, and it is the last chapter in this part of the Quran, part number 25, or Juz 25, and Al-Ahqaf, which was the first surah in the 26th part of the Quran. So there are seven chapters which are known as Al-Hawameen because all those surahs begin with Hameen. Okay, because it begins with Hameen. The first one is Mad Tabi'ah and the second is six counts. Okay, so what is Al-Jathiyah and why was it called Al-Jathiyah? Surah Al-Jathiyah is a Mecca chapter. Oh, okay, I got it, Sheikh. Since it's a Mecca surah, it must be talking about the concept of belief, aqeedah, the oneness of Allah, the, uh, the reality of life after death, resurrection, and reckoning, right? So all the 37 ayat of Surah Al-Jathiyah are Mecca were revealed before the migration. The main theme of this surah is similar to the previous surah, which is Surah Al-Dukhan as well. It was called Surah Al-Jathiyah 
after one of its ayat, ayah number 28, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَتَرَى كُلَّ أُمَّةٍ جَاثِيَةٍ On that day you shall see every ummah, every nation, jathiyah. Jathiyah means kneeling down on the knees. And when does a person kneel down on his or her knees? In a state of begging, in the state of begging, especially begging for mercy, begging for salvation. All the nations, all human beings from Adam till the last human being who will exist on earth before resurrection, and uh, similarly the jinn kind, will kneel down begging Allah for mercy. And that will take place before sorting out people, al-fast or al-qada, before the reckoning starts, in that long day. وَتَرَى كُلَّ أُمَّةٍ جَاثِيَةٍ Then the following, كُلُّ أُمَّةٍ تُدْعَى إِلَى كِتَابِهَا Every nation will be called to pick up their, uh, or to follow their book. الْيَوْمَ تُجْزَوْنَ مَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ Today you will be recompensed according to what you used to do. Okay, so now we know why it's called Surah Al-Jathiyah. We know it's a Makki Surah. We knew it's for Surah number 45. It's older in the Quran. It is the last chapter in part number 25th of the Quran. And it is the sixth of the seven chapters which are known as Al-Hawameen. Perfect. And it consists of 37 ayahs. Hamim, we already talked about it six times already. Okay, and now, what is the link, the relationship between this surah, Surah Al-Jathiyah, and the previous surah, which is Surah Al-Dukhan? What was the last ayah, Abdul Rahman, of the previous surah? And the ayat we're talking about, فَإِنَّمَا يَسَّرْنَاهُ بِلِسَانِكَ That is ayah before the last. So the ayah was talking about the Qur'an. And Allah have made it easy to be recited and revealed it to Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَإِنَّمَا يَسْتَرْنَهُ بِلِسَانِكَ For them in order to be reminded and to take heed. And now the beginning of Surah Al-Zukhruf will be a pickup. We'll take it from there. We'll continue to speak about the Qur'an as well. To address the source of the Qur'an. So in the ayah before the last of Surah uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said it is us who reveal the Quran unto you and for it on your tongue for them to be reminded and to take heed and now in the second ayah of Surah Al-Jathiyah after Hamim Allah the Almighty says Tanzeelul kitabi min aziz al-hakim This is the source of the Quran where did the Quran come from? Tanzeel it was sent down gradually the book the Quran from Allah Al-Aziz, Al-Hakim, Almighty, full of wisdom. And if this is the trait of Allah, then His word, which is the Quran, is also full of wisdom. لا يأتيه الباطل من بين يديه ولا من خلفه تنزيل حكيم حميد. Again, why the Quran is the most perfect word? Because it is the word of Allah. The one who revealed it is Hakim, full of wisdom, all wise, Hamid, all worthy. O praise. Now, my dear brothers and sisters, as usual, we're going to divide the chapter into segments. So, the first segment from ayah 1 through ayah number 6. The first six ayat of the Quran will be talking about what? 
By the way, there is a great similarity between Surah Al-Jafiya and the previous Surah, Surah Adukhan. Discussing the concept of belief, Tawheed, belief in the oneness of Allah, the message of the Prophet the authenticity of the Quran, the reality of resurrection after death and reckoning and accountability, both are shared. Similarly, giving some examples of previous nations and their fate upon this believing and rejecting the message of their messengers uh, and so on. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the following ayat is going to list six universal evidences that definitely Allah is a creator. And this is the style of the Quran. Number one, it proves the lordship of Allah, that he's a creator. It proves there must be a creator. There must be a founder. And Allah is a creator, and accordingly, the creator should be the only one who's worthy of worship. The last one is known as unity of worship. Because there are people who do not mind saying that, you know, yeah, we all believe in the same God. You say, I believe that God is the one who created the heavens and the earth. Yeah, yeah, we believe in that. Okay, so why don't you worship him alone? Not because he's the only creator that he should be worshipped alone. No, we worship his assistance. So that's called also shirk. Right? So the Quran, the Quran establishes the concept of the unity of Allah as follows. There must be a creator. So it proves that there is a founder. And this founder didn't create whatever he created, then he neglected it. Or let you guys run it on your own. No. He is a samad. And he is a sustainer. Al-Razzaq. And he is Dhul-Quwati. Al-Mateen. He is constantly maintaining this universe. He's running the show. Non-stop. Neither a slumber nor a sleep overtake him. He's ever watching. He's all hearing, he's all seeing. He is running the show. And no one is assisting him in this regard, and he doesn't need any assistance from no one. Got it? That is the meaning of Asamad. And if this is the case, then he should be the only one who is worthy of devout worship. It is you, who the only one whom we worship, and it is only you, the only one whom we seek his help. And there is a link between worship, na'bud, and nasta'in, which is seeking help. So seeking help, seeking guidance, invoking, should be only paid for Allah alone. And this is the pure meaning of tawheed. Allah the Almighty is arguing with the pagans with the atheists with those who do not believe in God or believe in God but they associate others with him in worship by proving that the whole creation is solely mine through the following six signs I call them the open universal book you don't have to be illiterate you don't have to be a PhD holder in order to comprehend the message in this open universal book you just need to look at sunrise and sunset, you just need to look at the daybreak, the darkness of the night. You just need to look at how the mechanism of producing the fruits and vegetations, the rain falls in abundance, the farmer sow the seeds, and sometimes even without sowing the seeds, Allah the Almighty produces 
the grass and other plants right on top of the mountains okay so Allah the Almighty says ayah number one I mean prove number one that Allah is the only creator and accordingly he should be the only one who is worthy of worship inna fi samawati wal ardi la ayatin lil mu'mineen most certainly in the heavens and the earth are signs for the believers those who look around look into the heavens and the earth the creation of both would end up believing that there got to be a creator behind it there got to be a founder behind it according to the uh, uh, law of cause and effect and that's very much similar to the ayat whether of surah uh, Ali Imran or of surah Al-Baqarah inna fi khalq as-samawati wal-ard in surah Ali Imran inna fi khalq as-samawati wal-ard wa akhtilaf al-layl wal-nahari la ayatin li'unil albab verily in the creation of the heavens and the earth and in the alternation of the day and the night there are signs for people who have mind who reflect who ponder who utilize this faculty of senses of thinking and they end up being rightly guided that this creation must have a creator and the other ayah of surah al-baqarah inna fi khalq as-samawati wal-ardi wa akhtilaf al-layl wal-nahari wa ma anzal allahu min as-samai min ma'im wal-fulk al-lati tajri fi al-bahri bima yanfa'u al-nas in the creation of the heavens and the earth and in the alternation of the day and the night in the creation of the arcs in the in, in, in whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends down from the heaven of the rain to produce the fruits, the vegetations, uh, making it possible for living creatures to survive, all of that is simply a sign that proves that there must be a creator, and the creator is the one who claimed that that is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After it was already dead. And sending the wind. Subhanallah, till this moment, can human beings control the wind? The yeah. only thing that we do is we can, for innocence, predict there will be a hurricane or a tornado. So, what we need to do is run, run, and run, and run. That's it. Mandatory evacuation. Is there any technique? Is there any way that we can stop the wind? Huh? They say there is a hurricane category three, four, five. What we need to do? Mandatory evacuation. Run, escape. Subhanallah. Who's behind all of that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying it is me. Now the second sign. And there is another ayah in your own creation. Hmm? And in your own creation. And وَمَا يَبُثُّ مِن دَابَّةٍ آيَاتٌ لِقَوْمٍ يُوقِنُونَ And what he scattered on earth of moving living creatures. These are all signs for people who are certain that every creation must have a creator. This is a reasonable argument. Every creation must have a creator. So that assures the believers that you are on the straight path. And it argues with those who argue that there is no God and the creation happened as an accident, that it can't be true. It is impossible. 
Look at that. وفي خلقكم. Look at your perfect creation. Look at the system within your own body. وفي أنفسكم and within your own selves. أفلا تبصرون. Don't you see? If there is any disturbance in your heartbeat, in your breathing process, in your liver function or kidney functions, right away, we resort to a mechanical process to activate that. And if the kidney is not functioning properly and both of them are in state of failure, we have to do renal dialysis. How many times? At least three times every week. While this process of the renal dialysis naturally happens twice a day, while you're eating, while you're asleep, while you're jogging, while you're on the field, working, you don't feel it. In your own creation. And whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, you know, scatters, because every day we see something new. And we say, there are new creatures. They have been there. They're around. But, you know, we were acquainted with them recently, only recently. So that is the second and the third. The second ayah, your own creation. The third proof is the creation of other living creatures around us. Those who study biology, they happen to be one of two. Either to be very impressed, and when they see the magnificent creation, they say, subhanAllah, Glory be to Allah. He is the most perfect. He is definitely free from any imperfection. Look at look at his creation. We used to do that when we take a, a, a you know a T section from a plant and we study it under the microscope, then under the electronic microscope. I said, look at this. Under the, the, the you know the microscope, you see another world in a very small cell. You say, Subhanallah. This must have a creator. In the pathology exam and in the pharmacognosy exam, when they give you samples on slides, all the medical students, they line up and they look at the slide. Once they see, once they see some diagnostic features, they say, oh, this is leprosy virus, or this is, uh, you know, this sample, it has green tea, and it has uh, coffee beans, and it has malukhiyah, or it has fenugreek. How did you know? Because each plant of those plants have its own diagnostic features and characteristics. Oh, you think only you as a human being who have diagnostic features, nice nose, eyes, and, and ears, and, and all of that? No. Oh, listen to this. Allah the Almighty says, And he creates what you know not. What you have no clue about. Are they aliens? Of course there are aliens. <laughs> have you seen them? I don't have to see them because Allah the Almighty said already there are many other creatures. We are, you know, aware of some. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that وَمَا أُوتِيتُمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا Whatever you have been given of knowledge is nothing. It's very little. وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ وَمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مِنْ رِزْقٍ فَأَحْيَا بِهِ الْأَرْضَ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا وَتَصْرِيفِ الْرِيَاحِ آيَاتٌ لِقَوْمٍ يَعْقِلُونَ That is similar to the ayah of Surah Al-Baqarah and also the ayah of Surah What is اختلاف الليل والنهار? The total sum of day and night together number of hours is 24 hours. Sometimes in winter 
nowadays you feel that the daytime is who's fasting today why do we fast in winter it's easy to fast in winter because the daytime is short between fajr and sunset is a lot shorter than in summer ramadan nowadays falls in midsummer so that's why fasting is kind of difficult in ramadan so what i'm trying to say is that if summer during summer the daytime is for innocence 18 hours the nighttime is six hours the total number of hours is 24 hours if the day happens to be short it comes on account of the night the night becomes long long enough that the, it makes up any deficiency in the daytime so the total number of hours will be 24 hours the alternation of the day and the night what does it mean it's a blessing that it is not always a daytime nor is it always a nighttime uh, there is you know the depression rate is a lot higher in Seattle why because it's always foggy and cloudy very rare that they see the sunrise that's why they're depressed or the depression rate is a lot higher there and also they say the suicide rate likewise when you enjoy sunrise and sunset and you're always busy and also look at this you know the process of taking the night out of the day or the night is enveloping the day and taking the day out of the darkness of the night happens very smoothly very simple it's a very complicated process but it it happens very smoothly you never feel it maybe you're sitting and you're talking uh, you're driving you're chatting with your wife and you're driving and all of a sudden it was light and it turns into darkness nowadays they have some cars with sensors so the light will turn on will go on by itself once it is sunset or it is dark you don't feel any hardship or difficulty you don't go through a process of a universal calamity because the night is approaching and the day is leaving no subhanallah the process of ilaj he enters the day into the night and the night into the day very smoothly you don't have any problem with that this is a sign for people who ponder for people who reflect for people who use their intellect their aql to ponder over that and says who made all of that and subhanallah it is not one time deal it doesn't happen once or twice or 10,000 times no it happens on regular basis all the time until it is the end of time as Allah the Almighty have said and the other beautiful ayah ayah number five send in the rain if you go to some parts of Somaliland and some parts of the world you know, I was, last year I was in in, in Kenya inshallah going same uh, time this year also to Tanzania there are some parts of the world who are suffering from drought and famine uh, as a result of that the livestock vanish the animals die there is no vegetations there is no herbs there is no water and people struggle and people suffer maybe some who can afford to migrate to go to another neighborhood or another country or they can afford to pay double and triple and so many times the price of the goods the water drinking water and the food they can survive but vast majority of people cannot afford it so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called the rain ghaith because it comes as a rescue ghaith 
when people were desperate, he sends down al-ghayth. So, وَمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مِنْ رِزْقٍ The rain is rizq, is a big provision, is a big blessing. فَأَحْيَا بِهِ الْأَرْضَ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا Without rain, the earth is dead. Everything is dead. Not only the land will become barren, but as a result, livestock will vanish and human beings will either have to migrate or will die in their place. Subhanallah. So when there is a condition like that, suffering of famine and drought, what do we call this? Death. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends down the rain, he brings the dead land back into life. If this process which happens like, you know, on a cycle basis, regular basis, we see it, we experience it, and we visualize it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does this with ease. Why do you think it is too difficult or far away that Allah the Almighty will bring back the dead to life, but this time for resurrection, not for another cycle or for a recycle? وَتَصْرِيفِ الْرِيَاحِ Sending down, uh, I'm sorry, تَصْرِيف direct in the wind. So we say eastern, western, uh, northern wind. Based on what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has his plan to send the wind east, west, in whichever direction he wishes and he wills. All of that there are signs for people who have aql. Oh, who you either read the Quran or hear the Quran, the audience. Those are the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is bringing to your attention that He is the true creator and He is the only one who is worthy of worship. We recite it upon you with the truth. So He said it to Prophet Muhammad, the pronoun to Prophet Muhammad, and since Prophet Muhammad did not conceal it for himself, rather He recited it upon His companions and He ordered His Ummah, convey from me even if it is a single ayah. So this message is delivered to Ummah, to Da'wah, to everyone, Muslims and non-Muslims. So Allah is telling everyone, those are the signs that Allah is the only creator and He is the true Lord and He is the only one who is worthy of worship. These are the proofs, the evidences of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which we recite to you, O Muhammad sallallahu and the audience afterward with the truth. Then which speech? <coughs> After the speech of Allah and his ayat, will they believe in? If they still reject the truth and they refuse to believe in Allah after all the proofs that he provided them with, then they're not going to believe under any circumstances. After the proofs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala were delivered clearly and he made them crystal clear. We stop at ayah uh, number uh, six, and that was this, the first segment of the surah, which is to uh, indicate the source of the Quran and to confirm the lordship and the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We'll take a short break and we'll be back inshallah in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Decided every